Monsters creep from their lairs. Kraken entwining ships. Sasquatch slaying campers. Giant ants wrecking tanks. And one news bureau has you covered. Turn up the radio, gentle listeners. It's time for breaking news, fresh from the teletype. Welcome to... Monsters Monsters Good day, gentle listeners. We have breaking news fresh from the teletype. Dateline, May 21st in the year 2022. Headline, a specter wreaks havoc in St. Louis. A violent phantom manifested at a local history museum in St. Louis last night. Four people were injured and the curator was put into some type of supernatural coma. The curator, David Corelli, seems caught in a life and afterlife coma. He is still very much alive, but he appears ashen, with sunken eyes and his veins along his temple, hands, and neck have blackened. Witnesses say he looked like a corpse when he and the other victims were found. Emergency medical technicians told Monster Bureau that Corelli had a pulse and shallow breathing. They took Corelli to St. Louis General Hospital, where he was placed into the Supernatural Intensive Care Unit. Doctors were unsure they can undo the damage inflicted by the specter. A victim, Eve Marlowe, said the attack happened at 10 p.m. Corelli and the other curators had just opened a trunk from the antebellum period when the specter manifested. Marlowe stated clothes, hand mirrors, shoes, combs, and books flew from the chest and scattered across the marble floor. A female apparition floated above the trunk. Marlowe described the ghost as black, white, and gray with curly hair, and she wore a hoop skirt with layered sleeves. The phantom also had glowing green eyes. The specter pointed its finger at Corelli, and he began to float, too. As he lifted off the ground, he twitched, spasmed, and his skin turned gray. Marlowe said Corelli seemed to have the life sucked right out of him by that thing. The evil spirit swung its arm and Corelli flew across the room into locked heavy wood doors. The four other staff members ran to an emergency exit, but the specter followed them, passing through walls and other Civil War exhibits. Once it caught up to them, it physically attacked them. One woman, who chose to remain anonymous, got slashed across her chest. The specter then turned toward assistant curator Desiree Jones and choked her. Jones described that feeling as an icy grip that needled its way into her jugular veins. Next, Charles Nesmith, a museum studies intern, was grabbed by the spirit and thrown into a Confederate soldier glass display. Medics reported his injuries as a concussion, cuts, and bruises. Finally, it came for Marlowe. She tried to flee, but it grabbed her hair, yanking her down to the floor. The specter grabbed her by the throat, then released her, screeching, and then it vanished. Marlowe believes her onyx necklace disrupted the ghost. Onyx is a well-known protective stone. Many paranormal researchers claim it has mystical properties that protect the wearer. Parapsychologists have indicated an uptick in hauntings by powerful specters. 
A specter is a ghost with the ability to fully manifest in our world. That means it can see, hear, and touch people. They can also use telekinesis, pyrokinesis, and other supernatural powers. The ability to drain life force makes them stronger. Specters generally have an anchor or an object that binds them to the physical plane. If you can find the object and destroy it, the specter must return beyond the veil or the dark world where restless spirits reside. And tonight, Monster Bureau will attempt to find and destroy that object. Stay tuned for a live investigation from the St. Louis History Museum. Good evening, gentle listeners. I'm reporting live from the St. Louis History Museum. Tonight, I'll join the paranormal road trippers who will attempt to clear the specter. Director Moren, would you tell me what you're doing to prepare for the specter? Yeah, sure. My team is placing EMF detectors around various artifacts to detect which one the specter is attached to. If one goes off, then we'll use our ecto-technology to capture the spirit. What's EMF? It stands for electromagnetic field. Spectral researchers believe that ghosts generate a spectral electromagnetic field when they manifest. And that's what our sensors detect. What will your team do to capture the spirit? We have an ectoplasm canceling cannon ready to go. Ectoplasm canceling cannon? Yes. It's a beam of positive particles that glom onto the specter's energy field. Our past research indicates that specters are full of negative energy. The positive ions will essentially short out the specter. Then we can blast it with some good old-fashioned salt buckshot. You mean you're going to blast it with a shotgun? You got it. But that's not all we'll do. There's more to busting a specter. Once it's neutralized, we'll use our specter cyclone to suck it up into a containment unit. Wait, you're going to vacuum up the ghost and put it in a thermos? Well, it's more than a thermos, but that's it in a nutshell. Okay. It's starting to manifest. How much time do we have? About 30 seconds. Uh, what should I do? Hold this to activate the Spectre Cyclone. I can see you. It's the sensor by the mirror. Line the cannon up to it. When I say hit the button, you hit the button. Okay, sounds easy enough. Remember to plant your feet. It's a strong suction. This thing looks like a handy vac. <laughs> Ectoplasm fuels that puppy. It's going to be a hurricane in here. Right. It's freezing in here. She's about to appear. Hand me that shotgun. I got two shots to get this right. Only two shots? Buckshot. The scatter will work just fine to neutralize that ghost. Wait, what about the Civil War artifacts? Uh, the city signed the waiver. We're good to blast away. Oh, dear. Holy hell! She's a beast! Fire the cannon! You missed? Was that the ogre setting? Look out! She's throwing the chest at us! Lester again! Don't miss! Ah! Oh my god! She's pulling the dark side of the force choke move on the director! Fire! 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 You got her! She's down! Now, how do I use this shotgun thing? 
Wow, that buckshot scatter has some power after all. Hit the damn button! Whoa! Duck! That real cannon is heading to the Spectre Sucker! That vacuum just sucked up a cannon. A literal cannon. Hold it steady! She's going down! It's got her by the hoop skirt now! Whoa! Ah, see? It worked like a charm. The museum is trashed. But we got the specter. Case closed. Or is it? I've just flown back from St. Louis, and I'm on my way to the archives to get research from Dr. June Nixon from Miskatonic University's Department of Phasmology. She's studied specters a great deal, and something about this case is troubling me. I think I need to get more about specters. So Dr. Nixon has studied these creatures for over 40 years. Creatures, if you can call them that. Let's see what she's found as I flip through her files. Okay. It looks like specters form in two ways. Immediately upon a twisted person's death. And she's got twisted underlined here. And a ghost that's lost its humanity. Hmm. Let's see what she has to say about this. Okay. For the specters that form upon death, from her research, she says, quote, evil humans become evil spirits when they die, and people, especially children, who live tortured lives tend to become specters. Insane people can also become specters when they die. Let's see what more she has here. Quote, evil people generate and store negative energy. It's called spite. When they die, their spirit takes that negative energy and it twists them into a powerful spirit. And she says the evil people are motivated to continue hurting people in death. Tortured people can also become a specter. Now, this is interesting on tortured people. Their entire lives are filled with suffering, another form of spite. So it looks like spite is more than just being evil itself. It's pure negative energy. And this negative energy releases with their soul when they die, and it creates the specter. Oh, this is interesting. She says some characteristics of the tortured people's specters will reflect the suffering in life. So if it's food, they may have a maw for a stomach. If they were sad, they may have huge droopy eyes with a non-stop flow of bloody tears. And now, insane people. She has, it's chaos inside them, which is another form of spite, and it boils beneath the surface waiting to get out. And when they die, the chaos erupts, 
swallows the soul, and they become a specter. Hmm. This one, she notes, unlike the other two, there is no objective to its haunting. It just wants to create havoc. All right. Let's learn about ghosts losing their humanity. Let me see what she has to say here. Okay. So a ghost that hasn't moved on in a long time could become a specter. Now, the long time is not well defined. So let me look through her notes and see what we can find out. She has despair is the spite that creates the specter. And she makes note that these specters have a link to families that have completely died off. So there is no one left for that person to be linked to, I guess, on the material world, in our world. And it becomes a specter. And they tend to be tortured person specters. Okay, she's got some notes here on identifying a specter haunting. So, oh, it's a pretty rapid onset of symptoms. Um, specter hauntings usually begin within a few weeks of death. They don't need a reason or an anchor to haunt you, though it seems like evil pers person specters have some kind of motive. They like the fear. That's something that they feed on. She makes notes here about specters being very similar to a poltergeist or demon infestation but she points out some very clear indications that it's a specter haunting me. Okay. Intense cold spots. That means the temperature drops 15 degrees or more. Where demons, the temperature increases, and poltergeists don't have cold spots. Fire generation is next. And with a poltergeist, it's a small fire. With specters... It's a lethal fire, so it's out to kill you, so think it's going to be a big fire. This makes me rethink spontaneous human combustion now. And body alterations. So specters can manifest, and they can have claw, claws, fangs, tentacles, and other nasty physical features. Demons and poltergeists don't manifest. Well, that's, that's a pretty clear giveaway there. And these alterations identify the person. So an evil person, say who was a serial killer and used a knife, will probably have knives, fingers, or sledgehammers for fists if they beat someone to death. Tortured people. It reflects their suffering, as we mentioned before. So if they starve for food or affection, they might have a shark-like mouth in their stomach. And for insane people, she's just got... It's just WTF. It, it seems like cra crazy, doesn't make any sense it reflects the chaos within that person so i guess if something manifests and you go whoa what the then you probably have a a chaos specter they can also teleport so she goes into this and that means specters aren't bound to the property they can go wherever you are so it's obviously they're attached to you you could go to work to the store and the specter will show up Demons and poltergeists tend to be restricted to a certain area within a home or property. Possession. Now, this is interesting, and this seems to be unique. In this case, she's noted here, a possessed person will have behaviors like the specter's human self. You might see them have strange dietary cravings, speaking in tongues like a demonic possession. They'll start using new phrases and wearing clothes 
in the style of the person that's possessing them or the specter that's possessing them. Hmm. And with possession, oh, this is very interesting what she's got here with. She's got 16 cases of possession and she's noted in each time the possessed person might be prone to astral projection, out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming. Uh, a lot of people that had near-death experiences are open to specter possession, but they lose their supernatural abilities. So I guess when they inhabit a human form, they're bound by human rules. So to clear a specter, and this is, what was that? Hmm. Okay. That was odd. Uh, okay, so clearing a specter. And sometimes the specter just leaves. They've tortured you enough, fed as much as they can. Maybe the person's committed suicide. Okay. Um, but evil specters tend to stay. Um, hey, what? What was that? I'm the only one down here. Um, okay. So the best protection she noticed is prevention. And a lot of the same prevention methods you would use for any ghost can work, though specters are much more intense haunting, so they may be able to break through. But there's no real good way to really clear a specter. Okay. Find me. What? Did someone say something? Okay, I think, I think I'm going to go and take these files upstairs with me and get back to uh, Director Moren from the St. Louis investigation with some of these details here. They might be able to use it for their cases moving forward. Can you see? Huh? What was that? Behind you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Monster Bureau. Special thanks to Wendy Schindler for playing the role of Director Morin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like it, share it on the socials, and tell your family and friends about it. I'd appreciate it a great deal. Until next time, be on the lookout for monsters. <laughs>